listening to the Talking Through Hoops podcast with Robert Schlatter and Nick Baravalos. Your one stop for what it is in the NBA today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Talking Through Hoops podcast here with Robert Schlatter and Nick Paravalos. About to recap the week five news that happened in the NBA. Nick, how are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm excited. It was a week filled with drama and injury, but I'm uh, ready to jump right into it. Ready to go. So if you're wondering why the audio may sound a little different between us, we're, we're uh, recording at separate locations instead of the same studio. We're on our break at UConn, so just bear with us if the audio sounds a little different. If it sounds weird to you, we're it should it should sound pretty good, but we're that's why we're recording at separate different uh, locations. So, hopping right into the news for the NBA, we're going to start with a Kevin Durant Bleacher Report article. Nick, um, he was basically kind of I don't want to say roasting OKC, but he was kind of saying how they how people were saying how he stabbed. Okay, see in the back, they were the ones actually doing it to him as well at the same time. So basically it's, if you it's drama, man. It's real it's real drama. So if you read through the article on Bleacher Report, he basically said when he first went back to Oklahoma City, he had a F U mentality, basically saying F U to the people that work there, F U to all the players, Russell Westbrook, the coaching staff, everybody in the organization, Sam Preston. He kinda had that attitude towards everyone in the OKC organization. So he felt some real animosity, as you should, for the amount of, you know, for the amount of criticism that he actually faced while for the move of going from OKC to Golden State. You know, everyone calling him a snake, everything like that. And he felt that he was being unnecessarily criticized to a, a point that no one else in the NBA. He even consi- uh, he even compared it to having Michael Jordan and how he ha- went through criticism. There, here's an actual quote from the article. He says. Um, Regarding Michael Jordan says, no, you're sensitive. Shut up. You're supposed to take it. Everybody did. Michael went through it. I'm like, hold up. Michael did not go through this. You no, know what Michael, Michael didn't. Yeah, I, I would say. So continuing in the quote, you know what Michael Jordan went through reading the paper. He says, oh, Michael went seven for 33 the night before. How the F is he going to bounce back? That's criticism. Criticism is not F you. You moved F you. You're you're a bitch, a coward. That's not criticism. Criticism is calling me Mr. Unreliable and bouncing back the next night. So, little explicit language being used there and no filter. No no real filter there for Kevin Rant, but I mean, I can kind of understand from his perspective why he would feel so disrespected i mean people really went out there i can understand the move i believe i said it before in the podcast that i can really understand why he made the move to to golden state from okc and it was for his careers for himself and he said it in the article as well that the move was for him and not everyone that surrounded he's he apologized for maybe it hurting everyone around him but the move was for him nick yeah personally you called uh called him a snake i think oklahoma city calls him a cupcake yeah. That's correct. Yeah, yep. that's that's yeah. that's the one that they <laughs> the use. Cupcake. Um, yeah. So Durant, personally, I think this is over. I mean, it, this is drama from last year. Why do we need to carry it over into this year? You got your yeah. ring. They, they should. He shouldn't be still like talking about this topic. He should just move on and try to get his second ring, or stay on the court because I think he has an ankle injury right now. He's a little hurt. He's yeah. been hurt the well, last couple of years too. Well, well, you know, I kind of can see where he's. I get, I get your point where he's saying, oh you know that this is in the past and they shouldn't be talking about the move from OKC to Golden State and it's kind of in the past 
But he makes a real a lot of real good points in the article. Now he talks about the firing of how it pissed him off with the firing of Scott Brooks and the trading of James Harden. So I get that completely from his perspective. That yeah, oh, that makes sense. But he doesn't th- like what the organization's w- going. Oklahoma City was about to be one of the most elite teams. Oh, I'm getting a phone call. I gotta mute that. <laughs> <laughs> little, little. I don't know. Okay, back to the point. So, looking at it from that perspective of oh, you guys got rid of the coach that I really, really liked playing for, and Russell liked playing for, and James started pl- and James Harden played for. We had a good chemistry going. They got to the NBA Finals against LeBron, won a game against LeBron, and at, at his most elite level in Miami, they played. Yeah, exactly. They played extremely well, and they, they looked like they were going to be built for the future. They looked like the Warriors were. Right now, like they were with with Curry, Draymond, and Clay, kind of developing. That's what they had in OKC. And Sam Presti, just because he didn't want to pay James Harden the money to stay in OKC, because they they're like Kevin Durant said, they're more of a let's develop the players and kind of build through the draft. And that's usually what they do. They usually get most of their talent through the draft rather than trades. Un, unlike this year, where they traded for Paul yeah, George well, and Carmelo Anthony, but it's a small market team. He, yeah, so he, they feel obligated to draft players and try to develop them. Yeah, he but he feels real disrespected before. So he's like, you know, they did stuff to me too. And he's saying to the fans in the media, you know, you guys are attacking me. They screwed me as well. So I could see it from that side of his from Kevin Durant's side cuz he they had a really good thing going and then they just kind of blew it up cuz they they wanted to start fresh and do it their own. So Kevin's like Okay, you guys are following your old mold, your own mold. I'm gonna go ahead and do my own thing. Yeah, well, Kevin Durant, he. Um, well, let's go. Let's take a step back to the Thunder organization if we want to look at it yeah. from outside. The Thunder organization, you know, once again, small market team. They feel like like the Milwaukee Bucks. They have to draft people because they don't think they'll attract free agents to come to Oklahoma City. Which, which I mean, I could see. But th- besides this year, apart from that. So initially, they didn't want to give the money to James Harden. But the thing that you question with Sam Presti is he gave the money to Sergi Baca. That, yes. that, threw, that yes. threw off the whole organization. Great point. And maybe that that ticked off ticked off Kevin Durant. They, they gave him the they gave Sergi Baca the money, yep. and then when his contract was coming back up, and I think it was a couple years ago, then they traded him for Victor Oladipo last year in the draft because Kevin left, and they weren't going to want to pay. Or they weren't going to want to go forward with Sergi Baca and that yeah. that uh, that group of guys. So they're like, oh, let's blow it up and get something that more applies to Russ. And then Victor Oladipo eventually gets shipped off for Paul George. So they're kind of all. And a lot of people give them cre- give OKC credit for building through the draft and everything, but they have their share fair of flaws. And I'd say Kevin losing Kevin Durant was one of them. And I don't bl- like everyone's like, oh, Kevin Durant's a snake. He joined a joined a team that went. It was up 3-1. A lot of teams get big. Like, okay, no one really has blown a 3-1 lead like that. The well, Warriors Kevin did, Durant the, blew a 3-1 lead with the Thunder. They yeah. should have won that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know where this would have been. Yeah, but then looking at the, the, the Golden State Warriors then blew another 3-1 lead against the Cavs. So it happens. It's sports. People are put way too much into it. It's like, this is this guy's decision to do what he wants, and it's working out for him. If you, The man has a championship. You can't say anything after that. He's got his ring. You want If you want to say, oh, well, he took the easy way out, then 
oh, I'm sorry, what did LeBron James do a couple years ago? And people are going to say, oh, well, it's different because he wasn't joining a team that was already established. I'd say Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh were pretty established. They didn't win a championship together. If you want to construe that argument and just say, oh, well, he didn't, you know, dumb it down or kind of specifically point out stuff, he still took an easier route to the championship, and that's what Kevin Durant wanted to do because, you know what, the fans are going to kill him for it, but they're going to kill him anyway if he doesn't win a championship in general. So that's just the way I look at it, and I don't really blame him for coming out and telling both sides of the story of saying, you know, okay, see, oh, they, I stabbed them in the back. Well, guess what? They stabbed me in the back as well. Yeah, well, he he uh, he should just embrace his villain role at this point. That's what he's trying to do. So yeah, well, hopefully he does that. Maybe uh, maybe we'll get another championship. I th- maybe maybe he will. So let's move on to another another uh, piece of news. Yeah, one of the most loyal people in the NBA. One, <laughs> one of the more loyals, uh, Kawhi Leonard, and his injury status. So he's was uh, looked at, I believe, to actually play during the season, but then he kind of had an injury come up from last year that kind of hindered his ability to play, so they kind of wanted to put him to the side. And the injury is uh, he's working to rehab from a right quadricep tendopathy, tendinopathy, so it's kind of a, a weird kind of injury. So yep. uh, he's been working through it since last season. It was bothering him. I believe, I think, did he sit out a game in the – I believe he may have had problems with it when, and during that Golden State series, and that kind of hurt them from even taking yeah, down he, Golden State. Yeah, I think State. he had – he had the the right quad like throughout the playoffs, but then I think he had he also had the ankle injury on top of that in the playoffs last year, right? Yeah, so it's definitely kind of holding back San Antonio a little bit, but they are playing well. Lamarcus Aldrich is absolutely absolutely balling out, and he's LA. yeah, and he's you know answering to all the haters that were saying to him last year, "Oh, you're done. You're you're kind of on the back end of your career." And he's absolutely carrying the Spurs right now along with Popovich in that system, but Aldrich is a huge part of that piece or of that whole whole thing in San Antonio. So when Popovich was asked about Kawhi Leonard's timetable, uh he said he'll sh- for sure be back sooner than later. And then one of the reporters is like, well, what does that really mean? And then Pop came out with this hilarious quote. He said, a team just has to play in a sense like he doesn't exist, Popovich said. Nobody cares if you lost a player, right? Everybody wants to whip you. So it doesn't, ma- so it doesn't do much good to do poor me thing or keep wondering when he's going to have to get back or what we're going to have to do. We have to play now and other people have to take up those minutes and we have to figure out to go, we have to figure out who to go to when in in a different way, and just move on. So that's just a classic Popovich move. Just that's, like that's pretty long for uh, Popovich. Yeah, it's really great to be back in front of y'all. I've been waiting all summer for this. I am so thrilled to be here. Okay, ask me the same questions you asked me 15 years ago. Along with everything that's going on, he's kind of had to talk about long, a little longer than he usually did, but. I mean, he makes complete sense, and that's exactly next man, what, next man up. Next man that's up. His policy, and that's what he's been. And that's what the whole team has been doing in San Antonio. They've just been playing extremely well now. I think they at the beginning of the. I think they won like their first four, and then they dropped a couple more. And people are like, "Well, the San." It's just like, do don't 
doubt the Spurs until they're out of the playoffs because they've made the playoffs for like the past 19 years and the Duncan era and now the Kawhi era, and you can't doubt them. They just, especially when Popovich is there in that system and that whole organization is just run tremendously. You just can't doubt them. And when they plug in players, you just got to be like, oh, well, uh, Jonathan, like Jonathan Simmons last year, oh, they're going to plug him in. That He's going to do well. The guys they're plugging in now, like Kyle Anderson and DeJounte Murray and Aldrich, the way he's playing now, it's like you can't doubt what they're doing. Yeah, I think the Spurs will definitely make the playoffs, obviously. They're just that type of team. So, you know, moving forward, you just got to look at players. Like, could Kyle Anderson fill in those minutes? Rudy Gay is also another guy. Rudy Gay is huge, yeah. Yes, Rudy Gay. Um, and what and you said, Murray. Murray should uh, start balling out pretty well, especially with uh, Tony Parker. You never know what, what yeah, you're getting to- with that I, man I, now. Unfortunately, I think Tony Parker's kind of like, he's done. He's just Yeah, he's done. Ginobili, Ginobili, I don't even know that man. Ginobili's like now like the eighth. Like yeah, he's like now like the eighth or ninth man on the team, and he's still like giving them quality minutes. Like with the, the game the other day where they played against the Spurs, or not the Spurs, the Spurs. Oh, the Spurs played against Oklahoma City. I apologize. They were up. OKC was up by like I think twenty three in the first yes, half they were. or first quarter, and then Manu just comes in and is just like okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna th- throw it back a little bit to to when uh, to when I was good and just kind of play my game and they got back in the game and then they eventually won. Although I believe Carmelo Anthony hit a three at the end, but it, his foot was on the line, which w- it clearly wasn't. But nonetheless, they came back and they won the game. So I think that it's not a real big issue for the Spurs. But once they, it better not. I think I think Kawhi will be fine, but once he gets back, they're like aiming for around like two to three weeks, or maybe possibly a little longer. But they could definitely, they can definitely, you know, keep the ship afloat while he's gone, and they can really just get through, stay kind of middle of the pack. And then once Kawhi gets in there, they can kind of progressively get higher in the in the Western Conference standings. And then if they have him healthy by playoff time, there's no reason why they can't be successful in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know the, the time length of this injury and, and how severe it is, so I don't really know when he's coming back. But I will say that the Spurs, I think, to move forward, they also need to add some depth down low. So I'm still on that bandwagon of uh, Okafor going to Okafor, San Antonio. yeah. That I'm going to make that movement happen, okay? Hashtag Okafor Spurs. Hashtag Okafor <laughs> for Spurs. Yeah. Okafor for San Antonio. Yeah, I mean, that would make a, a real a lot of sense for them. They've... They've gotten, like, Rudy Gay, for instance, like, he's always, I mean, Okafor's earlier in his career, but, like, Rudy Gay never really, and with Memphis he was solid, but he never really kind of was a part of a big winning culture. So if you kind of put him in there, like, if you put the way they're putting Rudy Gay in now, you can do the same with Okafor and just kind of put them in that culture and then just they'll win because they're with Popovich and they're with the Spurs. So it shouldn't be a big deal if they got Okafor, and I think it would make them that much better. Yeah, Gay, Gay's a scorer, and that's what the Spurs needed because last year they lacked that in the playoffs. Once Kawhi Leonard went down, someone to go get buckets because Jonathan Simmons isn't really that guy. Yeah. So I think they upgraded at that position. Oh, they definitely upgraded, yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's move on. Let's to the move next on. Topic. The Boston hey. Celtics, dude, they're rolling right now, 15 straight. Yeah, they're on fire. They're Can't on fire. They lost their first two. Now they're in fifteen. I think they. I believe they played a night. So we're recording this podcast Monday morning. So hope maybe the the streak will continue. But they they've been taken down. So they took down the Golden State Warriors on Thursday night. 
That was an epic game. Kyrie Very turned up. Uh, it was a really good game. So they're looking like a pretty good team right now. And people kind of want to say, oh, we're going to put them as the possible Eastern Conference champion favorites. And my argument towards that is like, well, we got to see if they actually take out the champs, which is the defending Cleveland Cavaliers. And now they don't look very good at all. But we got to wait until they actually go to the NBA Finals to say they're the favorites. We can't just say, oh, just because they're playing well right now. They haven't faced any adversity. So I, until I see them come I mean, together. they beat the Warriors. Yeah, but they haven't actually. Yeah, they beat the Warriors. But what happens they if they go? Back. They haven't gone on a winning streak or a losing streak. And how are they yeah, going to bounce right. back from that and then become? How are they going to bounce back from the losing streak and then continue on what they were doing right now and, and saying for future in the season? But I, I mean, they're going to be at the top of the East if they win the. It's the same thing. They won the. The Boston Celtics won the East last year, and then they looked not very good. They almost lost to the Bulls in the first round. They didn't look great against the Washington Wizards. Yeah, Isaiah, Rondo didn't get hurt. Yeah, I, it, the Isaiah put them on, Rondo. put the team on his back, and then they just lost to the Cavs. So it could happen the same way. They got. I want to see how they they face advert. I'll tell you though, Jason Tatum. If Ben Simmons wasn't as good as he is, that dude is probably winning Rookie of the Year. Jalen Brown yeah. is playing really well. They so, got good depth. That team is depth. So looking at that, it's like, oh, thank you, Brooklyn Nets, for giving us a franchise for the next, what is it, probably I'd say like decade. <laughs> well, they don't have any more picks from us. Yeah, but still, they gave you some Going pretty so – Tatum looks like a guy that could be around for a while. Jalen yeah, Brown looks like a guy that could be around for a while. So, <laughs> yeah, so it's like – they're looking like they're going to be a team to really control the Eastern Conference for the next decade. But right now, they could, you know, how the team really gels and how they continue to win possibly, that's kind of when you'll judge if they can really take on the Cavs. But until they actually beat the Cavs and are in the NBA Finals, we can't really say, oh, they're the favorites. You can never say that, like, they're, people are trying to change it to oh they're the they're the favorites nah they gotta actually beat the Cleveland Cavaliers until yeah. we could say that uh, yeah plus you want to see them go up against in a seven game series versus Cleveland that's a, it's a different it's a different game than just the one regular season yeah oh game. yeah different animal to to go against especially percent sure postseason LeBron <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gordon Hayward, he needs. I, I personally, I keep him off the basketball court. I've been seeing him shooting out of a wheelchair. Um, Boston Celtics need to stop that. They need to stop him. <laughs> they just gotta keep it. They just gotta rest him, keep him under wraps, and then just you know maybe wait till next year to kind. Of, I, I'll tell you what though, it's gonna be weird because if you put like Tatum and Jalen Brown and then they all play the same position, Gordon Hayward too, that's going to be because like they've really said, I think, I believe Jalen Brown's averaging around 15 points per game. So how is that going to like Hayward is obviously just a great player. So when you plug him in, he's going to be fine, but that's going to be weird to kind of, are they going to hold back Tatum and Brown next year or whenever, if I know why they could play really small and put Tatum at the four like he did at Duke, and then slide Horford to center and just play straight shooting. They don't have a center, that's true. Yeah, I could see that happening, but it'll In be... NBA today, for sure. Yeah, I. it's not... Yeah, 
I Marcus Smart though, I gotta say, their bench needs to be more consistent though. Marcus Smart and Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier is low key like the sixth man of the year, but they gotta kind of stay player. more consistent for me to say, oh okay, they have more depth than they do have a lot of surprising depth. Like they brought in Aaron Baines and he's been playing extremely well. The the Pistons yeah, trade doesn't look guy. yeah the Pistons trade doesn't look bad for for the Celtics when they got rid of Avery Bradley so they kind of got some compensation there and added a little more depth and will they beat the Cavs I don't know Ky- that'll be such a crazy series though Kyrie against Kyrie against LeBron that would be, that would be great. it would be really good so maybe they could win but right now you got to kind of pump the brakes a little bit on the Boston Celtics. It's only week five. Exactly. They could go on like a 10-game – they can go on a 15-game losing streak. Highly doubt that. But if they go on a 15-game losing streak or – Cancels out. Exactly. So that's where you have – we were speaking about the Brooklyn Nets and how they gave amazing picks to the Boston Celtics. D'Angelo Russell, dude, he's out with an injury. Arthroscopic knee surgery on uh, past uh, Friday. Lynn, Lynn and, and Russell, Russell although, although oh, Russell might come back. Exactly, guys. Russell may come back. I I feel really bad because like he's, he's our pick, he's our low key pick for an All Star this year, and I he's averaging twenty a game. Yeah, so like it's too bad because I thought he was going to be All Star, which he should have been if he if I mean if he continued to play, he would definitely have made the All Star team for sure. But Spencer Dinwiddie stepping in, he's, playing really well. Since, Yes, yeah, since I called him out on this podcast a couple weeks ago, he's uh, stepped up and answered the call from me. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't think Spencer Dinwiddie listens, but if he does, wow, you just you just shut Nick up for sure, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he played. You know, I just dis, dislike the man, but he comes out. Why do you dislike called. him? I, I take it back because initially last year I was watching him play basketball, and he I felt like he didn't contribute anything to the team, and he was just taking minutes away from the rookie Isaiah Whitehead, who I like a lot. Mm-hmm. And now now he's the starting point guard for the Brooklyn Nets due to injuries, and the man comes out and gets twenty five against on Friday against the um, yeah. I gotta Friday. say, like the Nets, the Jazz, and then he's dropping well, the jazz, buckets the against the Jazz. Uh, suck though, Golden like... State. Who's dropping buckets against All right, Golden State. State. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you guys, honestly, like have the best plug-and-play guys. Like oh, You think, never yeah, would have thought play. they would be, like, well, I don't want to say that you never would have thought they'd be good. But well, we're not you, good. Yeah, we're but competitive. You, yeah, you're definitely competitive. But, like, like Spencer Dinwiddie, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, uh, Karis LeVert, Trevor Booker. Trevor Booker. Like, these guys, like, if you really watch them play, they're, de- like, definitely, for fantasy purposes, though, if you watch the Nets, like, those are guys you want to definitely look to pick up. Alan <laughs> Crabb. Alan, well, Alan Crabb was kind of known because he played with Port- Portland. Yeah, but they boring. they just have, like, plug-and-play guys that, that just go in there and they're just, I don't know, they're just, like, really kind of solid so those are guys i feel like those are guys like when sean livingston he basically revived his career in brooklyn and then went to golden state like those kind of guys i feel like are coming out of brooklyn which is i don't know if it's great for brooklyn nets fans to see but (laughs) it's kind of what happens well we're waiting for our pick next year so we'll see what we do yeah Another thing I would say is uh, Dinwiddie is a must-add in fantasy this this week. Oh yeah, for and sure. For the re- actually, for the probably you know future because he's the guy now in Brooklyn. He's the primary ball handler. Exactly. So I, although Sean Marks didn't specify a timetable for 
um, for Russell's return, but he is thought of to return this year. So yeah, but don't drop him if you have him, or don't think you know. Oh, he's he's done for the year. It's not official, but. it's a knee injury, so it's kind of like it may be like, oh, he's coming. It's going to be like one of those situations where, oh, he's coming back this week. No, no, no. You're going to have to wait another two weeks until he comes back. Oh, wait, he's going to come back this week. Like one of those things, like where you don't really know when he's going to come back. So exactly. that's what Russell's. Another injury, Mike Conley. Point guard. Point guard. Point guard injury. Point guards are going down. Mike Conley is out for at least two weeks with a sore left heel and a uh, Achilles tendon. Doctors say there's no clear timetable for his return, but he should be back in the two weeks. He was playing the past couple games with a, with a discomfort. He was averaging 17.1 points, 2.3 rebounds, 4.1 assists. 4.1 assists, is, I feel, is like kind of down, although Conley's more of a scoring guard. But yeah, four point one. That's for, I yeah. think he's at like six or seven yeah. at least. And the Grizzlies are seven and eight this season, so they haven't been as cons. Um, I don't want to say as consistent because it's way too early in the season. But like, I, they'll definitely take a hit from having Conley down. I don't know in terms of fantasy purpose. I don't know who the point guard is. For. Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. Oh yeah. Yep. So they scooped Chalmers. him back up. I think they left him <laughs> and then they brought him back. So Mario Chalmers is the guy you definitely want to add in your league. I would say a person who I think might be the primary ball handler. However, um, Tyreek Evans. Okay. Yeah. Tyreek played a little bit of like. Point guard slash shooting guard. So another guy to look at is um, Dylan Brooks. He just he rookie out of Oregon last year. Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Wait, he's a guy. Big guy or small guy? I don't really. No, know. he's the he's the two guard. He's the starting two guard. He's starting right now. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Right now. Oh. I think he's Memphis got, is averaging nine points a game and four rebounds. Honestly, I though, think. I feel like Memphis is taking a hit without having Zach Randolph. Is that is that weird to say or like? No, that's absolutely right. Because I feel like Marcus Saul is a great player. Like he's going to get his buckets, but like I feel like getting rid of their two boys, Tony Allen and uh, Mark, not Marcus Saul. They lost that grit. Zach Rant. Yeah, they lost like a a sense of like their their identity. It was like for the past time that they were playing with the Memphis and how they were kind of like a ground and pound team. They were possibly trying to get away from that and kind of become more with the younger. current, yeah, younger and go along with the current NBA kind of style. But they're struggling right now. But I, I have to feel like with Fizdale there, he's a good coach and their culture that they have there. I feel like they're going to turn around. It's going to be fine. Like that's a whole thing with like early season starts. It's not really a big deal because I remember last year. The Washington Wizards started, I believe, like really Very bad, slow. like two, and, bad. like three and like twelve, or like two and Miami 13. Miami two, Miami two, and then once the season got going and like we were mid towards the All Star break, Washington's the third, second seed in the East, battling with Cleveland, and then uh, Miami goes on this ridiculous like winning streak, and they're like winning games. I fi- they finished five hundred, and then you have like your teams. I remember like the Knicks; they started like sixteen and thirteen, and then we all know what happened last year. So it's not a big deal if you start the season off bad. Um, I mean, the Cavs; it's a little concerning because they're so looked at to be the you know what they are in the East, which is the favorites, and to win the East and go up against Golden State. So it's concerning from that point of view for the Cavs. But every other team, it's like it's not a big deal, really. You know, 
I'm, I'm actually concerned for Memphis. Why? Uh, this small market team, and they got a lot of money tied into Conley and Gasol, and these players are just, they're above 30 years old. I, I don't know where this organization is going to go. That, yeah, that that's true, but I feel like they do have young talent that they can they can build sort of around. They do, but they're not get, they're not competitive. There's no point. What's the point of being mid middle of the pack? Maybe maybe they'll and I feel Conley I feel bad for though too because he's a guy that's just he's always looked at, oh, this is the year Mike Conley's gonna be on the all star team. This is the year Mike Conley's gonna average nope. like twenty five and then it's like, Oh, Another uh, another injury for Mike Conley, and it's too bad because I feel like they're a good organization. They got they built well, and they have solid players, but it's just not working out for them in Memphis. So yep. that's that's what that's the deal with the uh, Memphis Grizzlies and Mike Conley for now. Nick, you want to take away your fantasy? It's a new new kind of like segment we're going segment. with new segment in the podcast: the fantasy stud and the fantasy bum. So Nick, you want to take it away? Yeah. So so far. In this last week, I would say that we have two fantasy studs. Let's begin with DeMar DeRozan. I was bashing the Toronto Raptors in the beginning of the year because I thought they would take a huge step back. But this man DeRozan is balling. 27 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists in the last four games. That is insane numbers from him in the fantasy perspective. One of the best mid-rangers in the end, mid-range game in the NBA. Yeah. And he's knocking down threes lately. Great point. Yeah. He's been very, very good. And he's like one of the best mid-range players out there in the NBA With today. his athleticism? Yeah, especially. And he's kind of like taken over the role from Kyle Lowry, which kind of like I don't know. I feel yeah. like from the start, like he was kind of the alpha guy on that team, but he's been balling out. Martha Rosen, stud. Another stud in the last week. No need for introductions. Joel Embiid. <laughs> Trust the process. Yes, the man is having 28, 12, and four. Ridiculous numbers. That game yeah, against that, the game yes. against the Los Angeles Lakers, where he scored forty six. The dude looked on. I mean, it is the Lakers, and they kind of are trash. But like, still, it's like, dude, like Joel Embiid is not. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on Brooke Lopez. I mean, Brook was never a good defender, but Joel is like he's finally staying like somewhat healthy. Remember, we're at the beginning of the year, but still, like he's staying pretty healthy, and it looks like, oh wow, like Joel's balling. So he's and keeping he, his off the uh, court drama. Not yeah. drama, but entertainment going. Yeah. Out of, I mean, he's a showman. He is a showman. I'd say that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Let's go to bums. Fantasy bums in the last four games, last week. My man, I love him, Nikola Jokic. The Joker. Why so serious? The Joker, he's been a joke. You know, nine points, ten rebounds, and like five assists. Did not expect that coming into the year. You, You're you expecting a triple double, dude. Not not a triple double, but the ten rebounds okay. But you know, at least eighteen points a game and six assists. Okay. You know, he's very he's not getting points per game, but the Denver Nuggets are winning. Yeah, they're. So, although you want, if I if I can, I'll just sprinkle in another bum. I didn't want to. We didn't want to put two Denver Nuggets, but I have him on my team. Millsap. Paul, Paul Millsap is kind of like really like inconsistent for me. I. Is he had a couple game? I think he played against the Lakers. The Lakers spanked the uh, spanked the the Denver Nuggets. Nuggets. The other, yeah, they spanked. So this is just Millsap's last number. He he had 13 minutes. He had five points and two offensive rebounds. 
four rebounds total. Like, dude, what are you doing? And then the game before, he has 27 minutes and 20 points, six rebounds, seven assists. And I'm like, he's like way like inconsistent. So like, I feel like it's the whole, but not even that. Like, if you look at two, like Jokic and Millsap, but then if you look at everyone else on on the Denver Nuggets, like Jamal Murray's, like they don't know the point guard situation. Like Emmanuel Mudiay comes out and has like 20 points off the bench. And he yep. was first starting, and now now it's just like, I, I if you could trade, if you have like Jokic, I don't know if I'd trade, trade Jokic, him. but if you have no, Jokic, you keep, you keep yeah, Jokic. Jokic. But if you have like a guy like Jamal Murray, or if you have like Millsap, which I'm looking into, like I kind of want to see test test the waters. That's what we'll say. Just see what see what's out there because they're like really kind of inconsistent. And if people if people in your league think, oh, maybe I'll take him and take a chance on him. Then you may want to you may want to take that chance to get rid of him. So yeah. So another bum of the week mm-hmm. is uh, the Spanish maestro Ricky Rubio, nine points, Ricky! four assists, four assists from Ricky Rubio. That's what you expect from him to get ten assists a game. Oh no, not conditional. Yeah. He's got to get I, like ten, he's got to get like ten or eleven assists. Well, nah, that's a little bit aggressive. How about like eight, seven or eight? Yeah. I mean, I know he's coming. He's been having a. He had an injury problem. Missed the game on Friday versus Brooklyn, but the the, uh, the Jazz they balled. I think they balled pretty well without him. Donovan Mitchell at the point guard's not bad at all, and he's one of our fantasy pickups from a couple weeks ago. He's been balling out. Yeah, he has been very, very good. So he's yep. a guy that you definitely want to look into. Um, but yeah, Rubio has been struggling. It's kind of weird. Last year he played. I, I feel like he played above expectations last year with Minnesota. Yeah, he did. So even though Minnesota wasn't that great, but that is our fantasy bums and studs from Nick. That's going to be a reoccurring segment on the on the podcast for the next coming weeks, hopefully yeah. for however long. But that's the podcast for today. We talked a good amount of news: Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, some injuries that unfortunately happen, and maybe we'll see if the Celtics continue their winning streak tonight. So hopefully. They do, so we can get some more news out of there. So definitely, guys, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate or review us. Give us what your thoughts are. And then definitely, for the rest of the podcast, we'd want you guys, because we don't want to just continue to just talk about our topics. If you guys want stuff to have us talk about, definitely hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Instagram and you could just comment, DM. I don't really care. Just hit us up with some topics and what you guys think. Uh, we're at Talking True Hoops on both Instagram and Twitter. So definitely hit us up there. Definitely subscribe. Everything like that. Nick, you want to say? You want to yeah, say um, you're out? Yeah, I'm ready to say. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yes. And let's let's hope for some good ball. Yeah, let's hope for some good ball. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening to the Talking True Hoops podcast. Out with Robert Schlatter and Nick Paravalos. Thank you very much. Be sure to join Rob and Nick for the next Talking Through Hoops podcast.